Welcome back to Garbage Film, the show that seeks to prove that arty and trashy movies have a lot in common and you don't need to enjoy just one or the other. So we will take our movie of the week, pair it with something artier or trashier, and hope that you discover an unexpected new favorite, or at the very least, are entertained. I am one of your hosts, Nick, and with me as always is the clean bathtub water to my scummy pond water. Aaron is here. Hi, Aaron. Hi, Nang. I guess it's a swimming pool. As I said, it's a swimming pool, not a pond. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Yes. There are ponds in the movie, though. Oh, yes. So that's fine. Lots of water. Lots yes. of water going on. You're allowed. How are week. you? Oh, I'm good. Thinking about water. Good. It's raining. Is right it because it's raining? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Some of you may know the baseball stadium across the road from us. Uh, what real ones know as Sky Dome. It's the Sky Dome. <laughs> Fuck Rogers. Um, it has an opening dome and hence sky dome and boy the amount of times this year that people have had to go to a baseball game enclosed in half a jail a sky jail <laughs> get in the dome they cannot open the dome for fear of being washed out yep and i assume yep. that's how it works if it rains in there then it fills up like a bowl it's not there's no like way for <laughs> oh yeah it's to get super in. poorly designed yes exactly it's a death trap <laughs> two teams drowned today when it rained <laughs> a real washout <laughs> and baseball is the game of the summer would you not say aaron <laughs> You know that I don't know when sports happen. I keep asking. No, but I feel are like they this is a softball. That's another baseball term. Oh, thank you. See, I need the help. There. Oh, this is a softball term. But... <laughs> oh boy, is this not a sports podcast? No, it is. It is. And you know what else is a summertime activity? What? Watching horror movies. Yeah. Yeah. Our summer now. of horror sunscreen continues. Scary summer. Various names. <laughs> you just said a list yeah. of things associated. They're all. It's all hyphenated. It's one word. Oh, this is going to be a really difficult <laughs> hashtag to do. Yes, we're continuing sunscreen. Our horror during the summertime. Yeah. Little uh, adventure here. And this week we are traveling internationally as we uh, <laughs> were going to one of the touchstones of psychological horror, mm. 1955's Diabolique. Attention. Écoutez. Écoutez. No, I won't do it. I can't even face the thought of a divorce. As you like, but you better think it over. You may never have another chance. You don't believe in hell, I'm sure. I haven't since I was six. Well, I believe. He's got to be dead, doesn't he? Do you think it's normal for a corpse to get up and walk away? Well, I don't. I turn the place upside down. The attic, the garden, the cellar's nothing. No freshly dug up earth, no traces. There's nothing, nothing. Why aren't you in class? Monsieur de la Salle ordered me to be punished. Who? Monsieur de la Salle. But it can't be here. It's impossible. You know he's not back. Shame on you. I did see him. I know I saw him. Or lay, do you believe, depending on whichever version you want to say. Wait, yeah, is it lay? So the the title could be Lady of the the Devils or just Devil? Yep. It seems like a different vibe. Mm. Interesting. And yet not a single Satan in here. No not pitches, one no Beelzebubs. <laughs> not a single Lucifer to be had. No goat legs whatsoever. <laughs> 
Unless you count man, the real monster. Oh, uh, the real goat uh, legs. Yes. <laughs> I'm always saying this. <laughs> Diabolique. This is directed by Henri-Georges Clouseau, who was known as the French Hitchcock. But for me, I know him much more as one of the quintessential life guys of cinema history. Really? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Oh, that makes sense for this movie. Yep. Okay, I look forward to hearing about it. So, I think of Hitchcock as the British Clouseau. Oh, honest. there you go. No, I don't. That's a lie. <laughs> but it is a very apt comparison, for yes, sure. incredibly apt. Yeah. Uh, here's the little blurb on the movie, and then I'll do a little housekeeping after that. The uh, cruel and abrasive headmaster of a boarding school, Michel de la Salle, is murdered by an unlikely duo, his meek wife and... And the mistress he brazenly flaunts. The woman become increasingly unhinged by a series of odd occurrences after Delisle's corpse mysteriously disappears. Dun, dun, dun. And here's where I, like we always talk about, we talk full spoilers. And we're going to be diabolical and speak full spoilers this time around. But this is one of those movies that, like, go and watch it before, like, you hear us talk about it. If you have any interest in, like, Hitchcock movies whatsoever, especially something like Psycho, uh, going fresh. Press pause now. Go watch it. Come back. Welcome back. I missed you so much. <laughs> we've just been sitting here in the dark. We yeah. cease to exist when you press pause. Yeah, and we've been no going, guilt, like, do you but, think they're uh... at this part yet? Maybe <laughs> I hope they liked it. I hope they liked oh my it. Gosh. Oh, I wonder if they. I wonder if they jumped at this <laughs> I'm part. I'm so scared. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is really worth. Um, I'm always like, yeah, okay. Well, I wouldn't have pressed play on the episode if I didn't want to hear about the thing they're talking about. But Popcorn Bucket Podcast did Sunshine one oh, yeah. time, and I was like, they this sounds cool. So I actually did press pl- uh, pause at that point, and a couple of weeks later, we watched Sunshine, and I was like, damn, I'm glad that I didn't know about this going in. Like yeah. I didn't know it was going to go on. So yeah. this is our warning to you, listeners. You may very well enjoy it more. And if you're like us, uh, and you're cowards, and you're listening to a horror movie podcast, you're like, I don't want to watch it, I just want to hear about it. This one is fine. You're good. Yeah, it's not, it's <laughs> it's just suspenseful yeah. more than anything else. Yes. Thriller suspense, but it's got, well, I got lots of stuff to talk about. We'll the get horror into side it. Of things. Sure. Yeah. Yes. So this movie is part of a tradition I had never heard about before, but I come to realize like, oh yeah, we've watched tons of these. Part of the Cinema de Samedi Soir, uh, Saturday Night Popcorn Movies in France. Oh, nice. This was the like... They're just like us for real. Yeah. <laughs> this is the the raging blockbuster movie of 1950s France. Nice. Yeah. Love uh, that. But it did like well enough that it's one of the only like French technically art house just because of that's how it was wow. distributed. Yeah. But like art house movies that like broke out and was in like mainline north american cinemas and stuff oh like just because it was so popular that's awesome yeah just so cool saturday night popcorn (laughs) that's like our whole ethos it's like those are actually really good movies and vice versa (laughs) interesting and here's the one the one that's on the line that proves it for us yes yeah so this here screenplay is by henri georges clouseau and jerome geronimi um (laughs) i just want to throw it so we haven't talked about clouseau on here before i'm a big clouseau fan um yeah. Most people know him for Wages of Fear, and this is the follow-up movie to Wages of Fear. Oh, so it's okay. real small and like chamber mystery drama yeah. on purpose. Like he okay. wanted to scale down quite a lot. To prove he could. <laughs> yeah, kinda. Yeah, okay. Um, and this is much more successful than Wages of Fear, which is funny. Really? Uh, yeah. Okay. And yet that's the one that I feel like has It has legs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh but I just wanted to mention about Clouseau, just I'll drop in some fun facts about him. From nice. 1935 to 38, he got TB, uh, and he lived in a sanitarium. Oh, shit. Because uh, he just was too weak to do anything on his own. Oh, and God. all he did during that time was read and write. 
Uh, and he it's credits, like jail. Yeah. Yeah. He credits that with like that's the reason that I can read and write. Really, that's the reason that I'm I do movies because I can actually write them now after reading them endlessly. Wow. And I think there's something about like. Huh, an institution. You're in an institution. And there's all these institutions in his movies and yeah. institutionalized stuff in his movies. Yeah, this sense of, like, being trapped and yeah. having to find agency within that. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Man, he was uh, going through it. Okay. Oh, yeah, big time. He was always going through it in some way. If I had TV, I would be like, do not bring me any reading materials. Oh, I'm so not going to do bored. fucking homework in here. That's true. <laughs> Bring me my little coloring book. <laughs> <laughs> we all get through TV in our own ways. It's true. It's so true. Uh, um, uh, but I, I'll say for anybody who this is the only clues they've ever seen, or if they're just like, oh, whatever, I'll just listen to a podcast. I don't care. This is an excellent one to start with. This is a good yeah, entry totally. to clues out because there's yeah. a lot of other movies you'll recognize from this movie, and then you can get into yes. his weirder stuff. Like, uh, I still got to do some deep dives, but like The Raven is such a cool little thriller. Oh, right, that is right, right. So of its time and place, that's very cool. Yes. Uh, the, the, I mean, that blurb alone is extremely French. Yeah. Just like his mistress and wife team up together because they are friends and they have to, like, <laughs> yeah. it's just very French. But The Raven, I remember being very, like, I feel like this would hit really hard for French people in 1942. Yes. And he was banned from making does. movies for several years because of that. Movie. Yep. Um, <laughs> they did not like it. It. Yeah, but just as you mentioned it, the the ladies teaming up. That is a thing I love about this movie right off the jump where you're like, oh, so French, is Michelle is brazenly cheating on uh, his, wife. his wife. And everybody knows it, including both of the women, then they're friends. Yeah, but they're they're almost, they're like friends because yeah. he treats both of them so poorly. Yeah, they're they're bonding like, over yeah, the commentary. All right, yeah. <laughs> like their first interaction is, uh, is Christina walking up to Nicole and being like, hey... Nice black eye, pretty, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Hey, why are you wearing your sunglasses indoors? <laughs> yeah, it's brutal. Yeah. So this is based on a novel called Celle qui n'était plus, She Who Was No More. Ooh. Very dramatic name. Indeed. By a, a pair of French crime writers that are just like mega famous, Boileau et Nocjac. Okay. I've not heard of them before, but as soon as I learned those names, I looked into stuff like, oh, uh, they write all the things I know. Okay, oh, cool. damn. I love that you said and in French, too. Oh, did I? Bolo A. Norjak. Oh, that's just a little just international a little. <laughs> flair. I'm smoking a baguette currently and. Eating a cigarette <laughs> with butter. Mm, it's the only way I'll eat my cigarettes. <laughs> Jamie Oliver here. All right, come on. As usual, there are loads of changes with the actual uh, novel. Sure. Chief among them, the novel's uh, main character, the Christina role, is actually a man, and it's uh, he kills his wife, the. Who's the husband? So it's gender swapped. The two main roles are gender swapped. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So does he team up with like the wife's lover? Yeah. Oh, okay. So the three main roles are gender swapped. Uh, no, because the wife's lover is unnotes to be a lover. It's an extra mystery part. And in the end, the two women run away together, and it's a, a oh damn a surprise a lesbian romance. Handmaiden on our hands. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And they they literally okay. don't get cut. They just get away with it. <laughs> Good for them. Good for them. <laughs> okay. Uh, but right. the genders were swapped only because here he comes, wife guy. He's like, I want my wife to have a starring role. <laughs> yes, very she funny. Does. I love like scrolling through the cast and being like, all right, Henri Georges Clouseau, starring role, Alma Clouseau. Like, it's Vera like, Clouseau. Vera, sorry. I'm thinking of Mahler. <laughs> I'm thinking of Mahler. Mahler. Uh, noted wife guy. Oh, Gustav yeah, Mahler. Wife guy. Yeah, yes. anyway, sorry. Vera Clouseau. Yep. That's the one. Uh, 
Yeah, he's he's mega obsessed with her. He her first movie is his previous movie, The Wages of Fear. Yeah, where she appears for like ten minutes. Okay, right. And then he's like, she deserves a star in a movie. <laughs> were they married at the time of oh, yeah. Wages of Fear? Okay, yeah. all right. They got married, and then she started getting into the movies. Uh-huh. And this is her only starring movie she was ever in. Oh damn, she's really good. Yeah, she is really good. She okay. does the like really naive, mousy, meek very well. Yes, she's very small too, which helps. Yeah, also yeah. that. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, this movie was produced by Vera Films, <laughs> named after his wife. What a dork. He's such a dork. <laughs> Little dork. Frenchman falling in love with this Brazilian lady. <laughs> okay, so here is the thing. Is she actually, she is Brazilian. Yeah, okay. She's right. from Brazil, I believe. Like, she was okay. born and raised there and then moved to France with him, I think. I have a tough time with, like, French is maybe the thing I can pick up on, but where... If someone is not French, but they're speaking French, detecting an accent is, mm. I, I can sort of do it with yeah. French, but I, it's, I grew up with Quebecois French, so already my radar for this is so skewed. Yeah, I can't tell, and also it's in black and white, so there's just like all the cues you would normally get in reality is just like, oh, I can't tell. Yeah. What do you mean? Uh, you get more sun in Brazil than you do in... Oh, she'd just be darker? Yeah. I was like, are you listening in black and white? What the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I hear it two volumes. Incredibly yeah. <laughs> loud or not at in all. In color or black and white. <laughs> all right, I'm so sorry. No, yeah, I'm you're sorry. right, you're right, you're right. Okay. <clears throat> oh, that's funny. I thought they were just doing the classic thing of like, eh, no one knows what Brazil is. We'll just say she's from Brazil. <laughs> that's who can, funny. Who knows about Brazil? Tucked yeah. away down there. <laughs> down old South America way. <laughs> all right. Yeah, so this movie stars Vera Clouseau. Indeed um, it does. Yeah, he just was so obsessed with her. I think it's very sweet. It's so earnest. It's quite a role, too. Yeah. Like, it's very, you know, she she is the battered wife of a mm. terrible man. and But she also has to draw on this well of, like, I'm going to kill that guy. Yeah. And, and so also, she's like, I'm I dying. deserve to. Yeah, but she also has a heart condition. And so she has to kind of waver back and forth between these, like, I physically can't. I mentally can't. I have to. And I don't want to, yeah. like, just a lot of, yeah, it's a good role. It's a really good role. All the people in here are, like, the crew and the cast, except for um, her female co-star, mm. they're all huge veterans, so everyone, mm. everyone on set was concerned, just like, can she oh. do this? <laughs> Imagine going to work and being like, so the one person who doesn't have a fucking clue what she's doing <laughs> is the director's wife. But she also, like, helped Clouseau write movies, sometimes oh, um, with credit and sometimes without. Like, I haven't seen it, but La Verité is his, like, mm. uh, ch- courthouse drama, which was nice. primarily written by her, I believe. Oh, which dope. is very cool. So, Vera Clouseau, she's neat. Snaps. Uh, Simone Sinelay is her the female co-star is saying this is the movie that kind of makes her famous and she's like a big mm, French sure. actress of the time okay um, I do I mentioned this already kind of but I love that she's I mean we'll get to the ending eventually but and it ultimately shakes out this way but she <laughs> isn't what you'd expect from this movie you would expect yes. they'd be fighting with each other or like there'd be friction and there's a little bit of friction there is yeah um, it's not it's realistic in that way for sure yeah but you would expect like jealous drama yeah. stuff like but one of the first lines is just about like yeah remember when we hated each other yeah that was crazy anyway, yeah <laughs> want to check out my cool poison <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I you may be coming to it, but and this is we're verging into spoiler territory, but Simone, was she told what was going on? I think it's her plan. What do you mean? Oh, uh Simone, sorry. Oh, like, sorry. Yeah. 
Like, Nick, you're uh, you're <laughs> mixing fiction and reality again. Was the actress? Did she know what the underlying plot was going she to be? She did. Okay. And oh, that's even cooler. She right. hated that she knew. <laughs> I he, would do. She had I a hard time do. acting against it. Apparently, her yes. and Cluzo like. Cluzo is famously hard to work with, very oh, Hitchcocky really? in the like, no, it has to be my way exactly precise. Sure. Like, there's this story about there's one scene where Simone Signore is walking away from camera with her hands in her pockets, oh, and sure. he like cut, do it again, cut, do it again, and eventually she like shouted at him, "What like, do you want? What I am." All I'm doing is walking away. How can I possibly be screwing this up? And he said, like, you're supposed to be angry, and I can see that your wrists are limp. She's like, you can't see my hands. Like, no, but I can see it in your forearms that are on camera. (laughs) I can tell. So clench your fists angrily, like, fully act angry. Don't just step away from camera. And then she did it once, and like, perfect, done, next. I'm angry now. (laughs) Yeah. Jesus Christ. (laughs) So that's what we're doing. Okay. All right. She's got a lot going on. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, the man of the hour, Paul Maurice... An awful husband for the ages. Oh boy, this guy sucks ass. He's got a face that you hate too. Just, oh, <laughs> so I smug. hate him. Yeah. Uh, here, I just want to like round out, like right off some of the, the off the top, some of the awful husband moves. He let's does. let's let's really set the stage here. He is like Christina is very rich. We know that, and he is being very miserly with the. I believe. The idea here is that he's pocketing all the money that he should be spending. Yes, and I assume, like, schools in France are a very, like, state-involved thing as well, so I assume... They bought, like, he married rich. They bought the school to get subsidies and stuff. Oh, sure. And he's just like, so, so he could point to her bank account and be like, don't worry, we have the money to run it. Yeah. But he's just serving the kids, like, rotten fish and stuff. Yeah, he's buying rotting produce and fish. Yeah. Uh, he physically and emotionally abuses everybody. Literally everyone, <laughs> yeah. Obviously cheating. He hits kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, he force feeds his wife rotting fish. That's fun. Um, the thing that I like here is that uh, there's a lot of talk about, oh, it's the 50s. How did they get away with showing this? Because people are used to American movies where American censors oh. would not allow this movie right. to like be shot as it was. The code. Yes. We're in France, baby. <laughs> Fuck your American rules. <laughs> My perfect French accent. <laughs> now you're smoking a bag. <laughs> oh, where'd this beret come from? Oh, my God. <laughs> And yes. we've got uh, Charles Vanel, who is, plays the French Columbo in this. I love French Columbo. <laughs> he's, he's literally the inspiration for Columbo. Oh, shut <laughs> up, really? Okay, F- physically, well, that's my sense. understanding. That's, okay, yeah. That's, yeah. Just like rumpled trench coat guy. Looks yeah. like shit. Looks like ass the whole time. You can't tell if he's the smartest guy in the room or if he's just stumbling into the Or if he's answer. just stubborn and an idiot, yeah. <laughs> That's great. And then rounding it all out, all the rest of the adult actors are like Clouseau stable veterans. Mm. They're all in Clouseau's movies. Okay. Uh, and the kids are great. I love all the kids in this. They, yeah, yeah. They're remarkably like really easy to watch. Normally it's yeah. like, oh, kids sure are on screen. Okay. Yeah. You can see them getting fed the line. Yeah, and... you can see them looking at camera, like equipment off screen. And, like a yeah. horse staring at yeah. the trainer. <laughs> but no, they're, they're, they're all great. great. Yeah. There's all these quotes about how the reason that his movies work so well is because it's not... He's not just showing you a plot, he invents a world, and then the plot happens in the mm, world. Sure. And there's a really early long shot that I love where Nicole and Christina are coming down the stairs, and they exit out into the schoolyard, and it's following them in their conversation. Yeah. And they, like, yell at a boy who's drawing on the wall, and then they cut, They it pans back, and you can see that Michelle is just, like, listening to the conversation. Right, quietly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Very creepy shot, and yep. then he walks outside and rips the kid a new one. Then we pan over to the ladies again, and they talk, and then a train of kids walks in front, and the camera pans and follows them, and it's so good at capturing 
the chaos and vaguely controlled chaos of everything. And, yes, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, if you've, you know, worked around schools or, like, daycares or camps mm. or whatever, there's this very, like, no one, someone knows what's going on, but not everything. Everyone yeah. knows about 75% of what's going on, and I think it's a great, it really establishes a cover of, like, things are so chaotic. Like, it's almost, you know, it's the long weekend, kids are leaving because mm. it's a boarding school, like, some of them are going home, some aren't. It's the perfect time to just, like, slip out with the van, and no one will really notice. Like, Comes people are goings. people are packing yeah. and taking their stuff, like, if we bring this trunk with us no one will really notice yeah. like it's it's a really good yeah establishing bit yeah i love that that when i saw that quote that's what i thought of of just like that shot just establishes the world and yeah. the characters in such a efficient way I love yeah it. true yeah michelle and, a little sneaky bastard a little tiny thing she's from brazil and she calls him miguel i just <laughs> i love that that's right <laughs> i thought that was very cute yeah uh but the school what do you think about the school i know the first time around i was like yeah, it's a building, and this we've watched it like a half dozen times or something. I love this movie, but it it now feels very spooky to me. It's become a spooky <laughs> mm. thing in my mind. I think all boarding schools are inherently spooky. Mm. There's something about like you've trapped children here, <laughs> and it's like blocked off from the world. Yeah, a, it's very it's deliberately so, right? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and something about the inside, like all the rooms are so bare. That, that's one of the things that makes me feel like when there's when it's not full of children, it feels so empty and yeah. shadowy and very it, spooky. It's so oppressive. Like you you shouted it out as we were watching it. Her Christine's bedroom even is just full of all these bars and it's so trellises. Weird. Yeah. It's just like you're asking your imagination to invent ghosts. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yes. I think there's also something about like it's so full of people and noise and activity most of the time. Mm. But, you know, 90% of those people are children and they can't help you. Yeah. It's not like having people around in the same sense. Mm. So you feel very like there's so much noise but not like none of it is safe noise, it's just noise. You have to you like probably train yourself to be on guard for weird noises and I'm stuff. I'm sure yeah. also, yeah. Yeah. Just... I think it's creepy. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Consensus achieved. Yes. It's got to be one of those things where, like, it wasn't a school originally, right? It was, no, it wasn't. like, a factory um, or something. I forgot to check, but it was, I think it was just, like, an estate, like a mansion. Oh, in real life? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, that they just, like, rented out. Like, it was abandoned, I believe. Yeah, <laughs> good. Abandoned mansion. Always good vibes. <laughs> Excellent. Scum up that pond and get a murder in. <laughs> abandoned mansion, Europe, post-World War II. Oh, yeah, right. No after. ghosts there, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Death. <laughs> <laughs> so we're setting up this world, and I love the, like, breadcrumb version of showing you that there's a murder plot. Like, you don't know what the murder plot is until... Yes, I love this about it, and I was thinking this as we watched it. It's not... Uh, audiences are so much smarter than, like, modern movies have this tendency to give them credit for. <laughs> Nicole and Christina don't sit down and be like, okay, here is what we are going to do. The it's plan. just that, montage. yeah. <laughs> Which I love a good montage, but you get such a better sense of the of the the fragility of the plan almost mm. because it's not airtight. They are almost making it up as they go and it's yeah. based on a lot of like, well, he'll probably do this if you provoke him into doing that. Yeah. And so it's just them sitting at the side of the pool and being like all they say to each other is you know, we'll be better off afterwards. Yeah. And, and as they go like along, each check mark that they're taking off, there is a like justifying it to themselves as they go. Yeah, uh, true. Yeah. And we, of course, learn later about uh, Nicole 
yeah. ju- just needing to egg stuff on. And when you know that, it's really interesting to watch her performance. Yes. There's a few moments where you can see, she's like, oh, I just got to convince this woman to do this, like, dumb steps that we can convince her. It's not. It just feels like, oh, this dumb chore I've got to do yeah. that I hate doing. <laughs> this idiot woman. <laughs> yes. Well, it's a really, I mean, we're fully in spoiler ter- territory, oh, yes. I think. The idea is that, yes, they'll make the wife think he's dead and then he came back to haunt her yeah. because she's so she's very catholic she feels so guilty about painfully it things like catholic. painfully catholic but nicole says a couple of times like christina says to her there she's she's kind of still on the fence like don't you believe in hell like i'm going to go to hell if i murder my husband yeah. and nicole says not since i was seven and then she just later straight up calls Christina a child. She's like, you think like a child. And so you can tell if, you, if you're if you re-watching it that she's doing reverse psychology on Christina because she thinks that Christina will be like, well, no, I am in charge of my life. I do deserve to like kill him and be free. And it's this very like goading a child into yeah. doing something. And I do feel like a bit of that, a bit of that anger is her literal anger at the situation. I like mean, you yes. dumb child, just yeah. kill your husband <laughs> fakely. He objectively sucks to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we've given enough spoilers about warnings about spoilers. We can, we can dive in. We're going to call them oilers from now on. Spoiler warnings. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> into the scummy spoiler waters. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, but uh, like on that, point though the thing that i love about clouseau movies generally and i feel like it's the most obvious in this one is that he does not and it's interesting talking about audiences of the of the time but mm. he does not give you hints you have to pay attention to yeah. his movies yeah um, i mean you'll get it eventually because yeah. they're standing in the bathtub killing him like that's <laughs> that's fair but like even at the time he had that reputation of like oh when you go to his movie you are paying attention to it this isn't a like oh sure. i'm gonna go get some popcorn and a beer it's and come so back interesting then, then that's the like saturday night popcorn movie if if that's what his reputation was but i think it's like the riveting thriller like ooh, we'll cuddle up like the same way you'd go watch a horror movie like a slasher movie yeah. 80s sure. to be like, ooh, we'll get scared and then uh, we'll put our arms around each other and huddle up and be all warm <laughs> together. But don't look at me or make out because I actually have to absorb yeah. these plot points. Shut it. So he, the thing that I love about his his like writing style generally, especially in this, is that he restricts the narrative almost entirely to Christina, but like mm. her point of view, yes. but only after the murder happens. Right, sure. Before that, we're getting, like, it's all mission stuff, I guess, and yeah. you're setting up the world and all that, and then it just gets, like, sucked into Christina. Yeah. And it adds to a lot of the suspense, I think, because you're, like, you get a, your appetite is whetted for, like, I'm gonna see the two bitchy teachers complain about how little wine they get to drink, and Those then... guys are so funny. Yeah, I love them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> rich really... world, rich world. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's very, but it it doesn't seem deliberate. Like I fully mm. admit, I had no fucking clue what the ending was going to be. I yeah. thought it was actually. I think we had primed the pump a little bit because we had just watched The Innocence or something where another like oh, ghost yeah. in the mansion type of of movie. And so I was, I was like, that guy is a ghost, straight <laughs> up. That's what's happening, or she's going crazy or something, yeah. right? But uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know it was going to happen, um, and it doesn't draw attention to itself Not in that same way. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons that the restricted narrative works so well is because mm. if you had the omniscient stuff going on, it would just, it would telegraph it too much or get too contrived. Yeah. Because I've seen a lot of... A lot You'd of, either have to deliberately avoid showing what Nicole is up to Which or, then draws attention to it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. A lot of the reviews of the time I was looking through was a lot of people being like, Clouseau is so good at convincing you that all these characters are real because if this was happening in real life, no one acts like this. No one does this. You would not <laughs> buy it for a second if it was happening in real life. But because you're restricted to this one character's viewpoint, you're like, oh, 
it's got to be happening as she thinks because that's the one person I'm relating to. Yeah, I mean that's fair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good point. Good point. Yeah. She's a little naive and and uh, afraid of punishment. She's afraid of divine punishment. Yeah. So yeah, it does make sense that she'd be wrapped up in this oh shit he's come back to haunt us thing which then all the oppressive set stuff pays off big time obviously yeah um i like little touches like um when they're moving the trunk they literally had a crew member crawl in so that the women would have to struggle <laughs> with it because like yeah it would be very obvious and we've all watched those movies where it's like yep hop in guy and they're like oh it's so heavy oh this rock made of styrofoam that yeah. i have to yep so they're uh, struggling for real they're going through it <laughs> What's your favorite of... So we get, like, three major haunting points. <laughs> yes, we, we do. get uh, the This suit. is pretty creative on their part, I must say. Oh, my God. Like, it just feels so much like they wanted a project to do together yeah. <laughs> more than anything else. It's important to stay creative in your relationship. And they would have gotten away for it, with it, too, if not for... Uh... Literally, those meddling kids, yeah. actually. Yes. <laughs> That's so funny. We've got the suit appearing out of nowhere. We've got the slingshot being taken away from, or no, given to the kid by the principal. Uh, yeah, yeah. Another another uh, Chuck, you know, Mark, on the, for the kids being a great part of this movie, mm. because that, it oh, really so hinges that particular, like, no, I saw him. And she's like, you can't have seen him. They're not saying that they know he's dead yet but yeah. she's like that's impossible you cannot have seen them and it, you really have to believe this kid when he says no i did see him he gave me the slingshot like i'm not lying yeah. and you have to believe him saying that and you totally do yeah where you're I'll... like damn i think he's telling the truth what the <laughs> fuck that's why i was like i believe there's a ghost well yeah and you can see Nicole is clearly acting through it, but you can see Christina be like on the edge of you can't have seen him; he's dead. Like you can see her so like, cut her tongue off yeah. so close. <laughs> That's this whole movie is so. Once you get into the the quote unquote haunting parts of it, it's so good at drawing every drop of suspense out of every goddamn second of yep. it. Just like, oh, what are they going to say? What are they going to do? You're really living through the, again, the Christina point of view of like, I just want this to be over. I know it'll end eventually. I just want it to be not happening to me. <laughs> just, time is moving so slowly. So we've got that slingshot and then we've got yeah. the picture at the oh, end. Yeah. In terms of sheer creep factor, I think probably, no, no, I didn't. <laughs> I think the typewriter is Oh, my... the typewriter, yeah. In terms of just, like, the shiver that goes that oh. went down my spine the first time I saw that, I was like, you in danger, girl. <laughs> like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want them to cut away because I was sure we were going to get, like, an insidious style. <laughs> like, he's a millimeter, you know, behind yeah. her. Like, I, I couldn't, I could I not deal with that. Love, we've been so trained, I think, like, Obviously, this is inspiring The Shining, but, like, you can mm, sure. tell that, I don't know, there's something about we're trained, okay, a typewriter, sure, and then <laughs> it's just, like, the same typeface throughout, but, like, yeah. it's all scattered all over the place. Like, that's really hard to do that's in a typewriter. That's really hard to do. It just looks so chaotic, yeah. and it's, like, something that you could only really do if you were being very methodical or if you were insane. Or if you're just a ghost. Or if you're a straight-up ghost, yeah. and it's just his name over and over uh, in different spots on the paper, that's that to me is the creepiest part. Like, if it yeah. was a message, it would have been not as creepy, Yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah so that whole, that's I'll, my favorite bit. Yeah, the, that whole ending. Like, if not for that ending, the last 20 minutes or whatever, mm. I feel like this would be, like, a solid, like, yeah, that was a, that was a fun movie of the time. But this last 20 minutes really turns the screws on you, and it's obviously the, the reason it's really remembered for yeah 
influences and all that. But the the thing that I love, so I was looking a lot into like the end of this movie looks so much different, and yes, it's at night. Uh, but Clouseau purposefully was trying to shoot it like an old 30s horror movie. Oh, okay, yes. Where, like, the lighting makes no fucking sense. Um, <laughs> it's there for drama. Yeah, whereas the rest of the movie, it, it has all been, like, obviously not natural lighting, but accentuating that to try and be like, look, you're in reality. There's yeah. shadows everywhere. Whereas this is, like, for some reason, Vera Clouseau is the brightest thing in the world. <laughs> you can't see anything Wife around. guy. Yeah, big yeah. wife. <laughs> <laughs> wife guy approach, but, yeah, yeah it's very... Yeah, it, it gets not cartoony, but it... It gets very stylized. Yes. Kind of out of nowhere there. Yeah. yeah. And, oh, God. It's just, it's so good at pulling you. If The first time you're watching it, I know the first time I was watching it, I was like, I have no idea where all of these things are happening in relation to each other. Mm. Just, I was, I was I was a little scared boy. I couldn't think about it. <laughs> but it really is so well telegraphed of, oh, Nicole is tip-tapping on the typewriter to pull her out of the room so that he can get into the bathroom. So that, like, yes, once you know. Yeah, yeah. it's so... Oh, <laughs> I, this is an excellent plan. I will give kudos oh, yeah. where they are deserved. Nicole but and mean, Michelle, great If plan. she just got better... Uh, like, yeah. <laughs> it's, fuck. Oh, man. Yeah, the, a lot of... like This is a real skin-of-the-teeth plan on both ends, yeah. really. Like... Yeah, I mean, the, the <laughs> I do like that the, it, watching it later, you're right, is, is very, like, they're really, they have to really lean into it, and mm. Michelle, when he, they have to lure him to Nicole's place to kill him off school grounds, it, it's very, you can see him, like, I'm gonna make her think that the plan isn't gonna work, so that she'll try even harder to, like, yeah. get me to drink the, you know, quote-unquote poisoned drink. And and then we'll drown in, him in the bathtub. You can see him really leaning into it, and they just seem like they're having so much fun. Yeah. Like imagine standing behind the class for that photo, so you can just see like the lower half of your own face in the in the window, and like oh, it's gonna be so cool. Like after the bathroom scene, and uh, Michelle and Nicole meet back up, they are like giddy. They're just like, yeah. oh my god, I can't believe it worked. Oh. I can't believe it and worked. This part was so cool, and it was so good. You yeah. convinced me to do that, and oh my gosh, like they're little kids They suddenly. are so happy about this working. So here, this leads me to a question that I think is, <laughs> obviously Michelle is a piece of shit. Yeah. This is... Human garbage. Foregone. How much do you think he's ramping it up so that she will feel like she can try to Oh, yeah, I I 100%. Like, he, you know, beats her, right, like, the day before she decides to do it. And I think he, I'm sure he has done it before, but I I think Mm -hmm. he is. Isn't that a thing that, like, shitty people do? It's like, they become worse so that you have to make the choice to leave them or, like, initiate something so it's not their fault. Classic abuser. Yeah. Uh, mindset. But yeah, I'm sure you're right. Yeah. Like, did you purposely get the grossest food possible <laughs> to bring back? Like, oh, she's going to fucking hate this. Yeah, like, she is going to want to murder me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wonder how long it was in the works for. Yeah. You know, it had to be like, as soon as he married Rich, he was like, how can I kill this this woman? Oh, yeah. Maybe even before then. Yeah. It's just yeah. roping in a co-conspirator. Like, maybe, right? Yeah. Like, how much do you think? Like, he objectively sucks. Yes. What does Nicole see in him? I really, like, is she planning to murder him later for the money eventually? Maybe. Like, I don't know. This could be a like attracting like thing where she's maybe. just like, I will put up with whatever. I will just take that money and get the hell out of here. Yeah, maybe. I do not care. 
So I just want to draw like some second watch or sixth watch, whatever this is, stuff that is just so great of laying little hints for you along the way. Mm, sure. Of what the real plan is. And I mean, like, if you are somebody who doesn't care about this movie and you're just listening, the real plan was Nicole and Michelle are going to fake Michelle's death. Yeah. Michelle will sneak out and then they'll pretend like she's being haunted the whole time so that her heart condition flares up and kills her. Yeah. And like... Good plan. Really, really tricky to actually... Yeah, seems seems wishful, but yeah. uh, boy, they, they went for it. <laughs> it feels like they're... Maybe they don't know that much about medical science. Like, when yeah. her heart rates 80% freaked out, it dies. Yeah, it's a reverse speed, but yeah. for uh, Christina's heart, <laughs> this if heart it goes reaches. above one, 180, actually, that probably would Actually, kill yeah, someone, yeah. yeah. <laughs> kill me. I take it back. They're, they're, they're it's a great plan. Yeah. Um, foolproof. One of the filmmaking stuff uh, early on in the movie, in the first act before Michelle dies, uh, Michelle and Nicole are almost always grouped together in shots or standing on the yes. same like plane. I've noticed that, yeah. Yeah, yeah Christina is very much isolated in shots. Yeah, she's the separate one, yeah. Mm-hmm. All The thing that I love, and this is... I did not think about this for a second until I, I can't remember the name of the the filmmaker I saw pointed this out, but all of the violence, every second of violence happens off screen. Yeah, so right. So that you don't question not seeing Michelle die. That's the <laughs> setup of it. Just like oh, you okay. don't have to see the killing because you didn't see the abusing. You didn't see the hitting the kid, really. like the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, tricky, yeah. Very smart. I feel like nowadays that would be a real, like, if you only didn't show... Michelle's death, it would be like, well, we didn't see it on screen, so, yeah. I mean, according to my viewpoint, he died. Um, (laughs) In the chat on the drive to Niort, the town, they, Nicole just says the whole plan. Right. (laughs) Oh my god, I was thinking about that. She, Christina was like, didn't you want to kill me when we, you know, when we met? And Nicole, all she says is, well, I didn't know you very well back then. She doesn't say yes, but not now. She doesn't say no. She just says, well, I didn't used to know you very well. (laughs) And I will be killing you later on. Thank you. A thing that Michelle says about Nicole, uh, she will tell you two words and you'll get three lies. I like that. Uh, Christina's saying, my one regret is that he'll never know that I killed him. Oh, he knows you tried. He knows. Uh, I want to die and not have to see him anymore. Right, that's there you go. Yeah. Oh, that sucks, because that's the last thing that she saw before she died. Yep. Yep. And lastly, Nicole is a landlord, so you know she's evil. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's very, it's very in the text. Sure is. That's for sure. Never trust a landlord, <laughs> even in the 50s. Yeah, so I have a segment for us today. Ooh, all right. It's time for another segment of Hooray for Hollywood. Yes, I love this one. This is a segment where we talk about uh, film history and bitchy infighting that led to, like, advancement of the medium. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Uh, Lay it on me. So this movie is like, there's a reason people still talk about it a lot. It's a, there's a reason people love it. If you're like me and you just like seeing templates of stuff, this is a great one to go and you'd be like, oh, well, this is, this movie's referencing it here and there and this and that and this. So this is almost on its own responsible for the subgenre of like psychological horror, more or less. Sure. Okay. So a little bit about the making of this movie. Like I said, it's based on this book. Uh, this is a book that Clouseau got the rights to, and he beat Hitchcock. Uh, <laughs> Hitchcock called in, missed getting them by, a legend says, by two hours. <laughs> the, like, the 
uh, the ink was still the... wet on the contract kind of thing. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, clues, um, Hitchcock was angry about that. But before we talk about that, let's talk about some of the cool things that this movie did. So this movie Please. is the first, uh, definitely the first mainstream movie okay. to have a spoiler warning on it. Oh, okay. <laughs> so this was before you went in. No, it was after. After. Yes, yeah. right, right. So, right. like, we hadn't gotten, we didn't really exactly know what a spoiler warning was. It was, you got the ending, and then uh, I got the text here. Yes. Uh, Don't be <laughs> diabolical, is in all caps. <laughs> Do not destroy the interest that your friends may have in this movie. Do not tell them what you have seen. Thank you on their behalf. <laughs> That's really cute. It's yeah. very adorable. That's that's how you phrase it. It's like, don't ruin the experience for other people. You just had a good experience. Give that to others. Give the gift. <laughs> nice. So that's what happened initially. And then when it starts getting international play, one of the marketing taglines I love, see it, be amazed by it, but be quiet about it. <laughs> Incredible marketing move to be like, shut the fuck up about our movie. <laughs> don't tell anybody. <laughs> You never saw it. But it works. People are like, oh, I wonder what why. What do you mean, why? Why? Why can't I hear about it? Well, I'll just go see it then. <laughs> we are very predictable. <laughs> <laughs> More than that, Cluzo did not allow anybody to visit the set. Oh. And this is a thing that, like, you did not do at the time. Like, studios were in it. Like, they were yeah. on set constantly to make sure you were, like, on budget, on time. Yeah. And all that. And, like, Hollywood or afar, doesn't matter. He was, like, turning people away at the gates. He had security turning people away. Nice. Which is great. Because he's, like, a big enough name in France now yeah, that yeah, people yeah. would come to just, yeah. To see. just look at the Clouseau movie. I love that, too, because there's really no way you could tell what the the spoiler is yeah. by visiting the set, but alright. <laughs> but, uh... In the... case someone finds the script... Yeah, that that could be a that could happen. You never know. Hard copies are laying around. Sure, sure. Uh, but the real reason for all of this is that this is... It gets a little bit semantical, but this is the first movie that has a twist ending. That can't be true. More... No, in terms of not telegraphing anything, not, not telling you... Like, it's not the type of thing that, like... The big example people point to is that there's a Hitchcock movie called Stage Fright that has a pretty oh, twisty right. kind of ending. But this is one of those things of like, sure, I guess. Any other film that's purporting to have a twist ending um, happens like in a flashback so that you know how things turn out in some capacity. Okay. Uh, or oh, like does something to tell you where you'll wind up. Right. Because that's a thing that the censors needed. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. They needed to show that like... So people wouldn't get too surprised well, by a movie? Take Double Indemnity as a big example. You get to the end and you're like, oh, this criminal doesn't prosper and we know it at the end. Right. Or at the beginning. And the, but, but yeah, it starts out like, and here's why. And here's how you got there. Because yeah. like, war is the big thing that precedes this and then before that sure. you just got silent films basically. This is very noir-y in, in yeah. a sense. You can you can tell that that's some of the DNA of it. For sure. Okay, so this is, this is the first movie where you are meant to, as an audience member, not know what's happening. Yes. Not what's truly happening. You are being actively deceived. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> and the censors were like, absolutely not. <laughs> but because it's an international movie, we Suck got it. Suck it. That's yeah. funny. Okay, okay, okay. Like, the, yeah, I mentioned stage fright. Stage fright lies to the audience through visual storytelling. Right. To, like, actively trick you. And people, like, you look through reviews of the time and people fucking hated it. Um, <laughs> I think it's neat and funny. Uh, I think it's good. <laughs> but okay. right. this is the first one that is controlled in such a way to try and make you think you're watching a different movie than you are. Right, basically. right. Okay, yeah. all right. So it does get a little semantical in there, but it kind of, it's one of those things that Clouseau heads like to t 
purport is like he came up with it he yeah did it. <laughs> the first real like this this can be like the storytelling can be twisted can can be used against you mm-hmm. yeah. interesting so like this inspires everything everything we've ever seen <laughs> uh just cherry picking some stuff talked about the shining uh, all like hammer horror films are in some way uh, like have the dna of this movie in it sure uh william castle i know i've talked about him before he did like house on haunted hill yeah yeah they yeah. took the twist end thing and they're like oh that's the formula of every movie we make yeah today. very good <laughs> twist is a kind of movie yeah. now yeah exactly <laughs> uh there's a movie called hush hush sweet charlotte who, which i have not seen but my understanding is is that it's a legally distinct but it's a remake of this okay, movie essentially sure. and then that kind of gets it into american markets and so this is really the the even if you want to couch it as saying the first mainstream example of it sure it's the, the first, first big breakout thing yeah that uh, gets glommed onto which i think is very neat cool yeah but the main reason that this is a hooray for Hollywood segment, like I said, Hitchcock uh, was, <laughs> he was like mad in the professional way. He sure. loves this movie. Love <laughs> oh, I can yeah. <laughs> he still loves it yeah. from beyond the grave. <laughs> yeah, I have exactly. no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> He's in a bathtub somewhere loving this movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he had the, like, that professional jealousy of like, oh, somebody beat me with a punch on all this yeah. cool shit that I wish I could be doing. Yep. Um, so... He's in America at this time. He can't be as subversive. But this movie gets into America and kind of eases up some stuff. And, like, studio collapse is starting to happen. So Right, right. Yeah. So he's upset he doesn't make it. But the French crime novelists, they're, they love Hitchcock. So they're like, oh, we're really sorry you didn't get into here. Let's collaborate. Let's figure out something. So they start kind of working together. Uh, they write him a novel called D'Entre les Morts which Hitchcock creates as a movie called Vertigo. Oh, shit. Yeah. Really? Yeah, directly responsible. The only reason that they wrote that book was to be like, we want you to make this into a movie, Mr. Hitchcock. You get our next book when we finish it. And he was like, great. Oh, damn. So wait, the same writers? Yep. As, okay. Boileau and Nojak. Uh, Right, right, right. Yeah. They they wrote, yeah, explicitly be, this is the thing that you will put on screen. Yeah. So like... Even if Here's you're like, a movie for you, Mr. Hitchcock. Yeah, if you're like, oh, Diabolic didn't actually inspire that much. It's directly responsible for Vertigo. Without it, you don't get Vertigo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ooh, cool. Uh, both the, the D'Entre les Morts and uh, the original book for Diabolic is Robert Bloch's famous uh, uh, favorite books. Robert Bloch, mm. you will know as the writer of the novel on which Psycho is based from 1959. <laughs> Oh my so god. So he, he's very open about like, yeah, I wrote Psycho because I loved their writing and so I tried to write that. And yeah. he only found their writing because of the movie. Okay, fair enough. Um <laughs> Hitchcock actively like you hear about this all the time now, we're like, Oh, what did the director screen for you guys to get into the mood for Oh sure, for the sure. Movie? Yeah. Hitchcock screened Diabolique constantly for the crew and cast of Psycho. And he Not surprised. admits basically like, Yeah, my shower scene is to one up his bathroom scene. <laughs> we can't clean ourselves in peace in this industry. <laughs> but That's famously, so Psycho is the first American movie to show bathroom stuff. Right, yeah. A it, toilet flushing. Yep. Like, Literally, yeah. it was against censorship and Diabolik like, cleared the way to like let toilets be on screen. <laughs> Thanks, Diabolik. Thanks, the French. You know, we laugh about like, oh, European style just... Uh, I don't even know. I can't even think of a word, but like, you know, European style, disgraceful, they're so too liberal. And yeah. Blah. 
But it actually did happen in this. Like, they are causing the fall of <laughs> standard morality a little bit. Yeah. That's really funny. So, uh, yeah, you draw a straight line from Diabolique to Vertigo and Psycho, and yeah. there you got movie history, baby. It's such a, like, Psycho is the obvious one I thought of for this. It was just, course, like, yeah. there's a twist ending, and, and kind of, like, the murder happens already, you know, like, yeah, in the like first parts of the movie. The and structure to... is exactly the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you have to deal with the unraveling of it. Yeah. That's so funny. And it's funny, if, if uh, Clouseau had followed the actual original novel, mm. it would have been even closer to Psycho, because your main female lead, who you think you're following, gets killed. Oh, right, sure, and yeah. And your main male lead gets killed instead. <laughs> yes. But, yeah. It's <laughs> funny. <laughs> uh, that's great. I love, I we've said it before, but I love how many leaps forward in, like, art or, or science or, you mm. know, whatever, are just spite. Yeah, just if we could just, spite. like... Spite is such a force for good in the world Harness sometimes. It. Yeah. <laughs> you just, you have to get someone who's insane enough, but not quite completely off their rocker. Yeah. Just pinprick them, like, professionally a little bit. And, like, the guy that is going to bother the most is Hitchcock. Like, he's the, his oh, yeah. little, like, fancy man dollhouse <laughs> in his brain. He's like, I could have done that. I could, I'll prove it to you. <sighs> I didn't have control over this. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Wow. So. Thanks, Henri-Georges Guizot. <laughs> you did it. We did it. I really, I feel like I don't enjoy the modern spoiler culture of like, if you learn, if you learn anything about the movie, it's, mm. it's ruined somehow. Yeah. And we've talked about that before, but it really is a, you watch it differently. You like, you know, knowing that someone dies in a superhero movie doesn't change the move, the, the movie you watched before that event happened. You know what I yeah, mean? It doesn't yeah. cause you to look back on the movie differently. This does. Like oh, knowing this in advance does. Yeah. And you get two movies two movies in one in this <laughs> way, right? <laughs> I I think that's to me that's a spoiler where it's like you it will change the way you think about the movie. Yeah. That's that's my take that you didn't ask for. Oh, yes. <laughs> I just love your... That's a classic Aaron hot take. <laughs> it's me sizzling. Yeah. The sizzler. That's what I call you, the sizzler. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's why you... Okay. <laughs> Mystery solved. Thanks, sorry, George Clouseau. <laughs> Creating and solving mysteries out here. <laughs> the cause of and solution to you, et cetera. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's all what I brought a you shit on. Disturber. Yeah, Diabolique today. Thank Aaron's you. tipping her hat and uh, cheersing the air to. <laughs> With my team. <laughs> uh, so I would love to hear uh, whatever remaining thoughts you got on Diabolique. Your final thoughts, your takeaway from this movie. What you got? What What can I bring to the table? Yeah. What's What's on the sizzler? <laughs> what's sizzling what's back there? Sizzling. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be my my segment from now on. What's sizzling? I, I like hate it. it. <laughs> <laughs> I preempted you. Much like Cluzo preempted Hitchcock. No, I'm just it, It's really astonishing how many of the germs, not even germs, like the fully-fledged ideas of most psychological horror, which is very yeah. funny to me that it comes from France, which has this reputation kind of for like very abstract or not sterile exactly but very like disaffected and, yeah. and not really like you know twisting the screws kind of psychological bent to their movies I yeah like no i think that that's the reason why is because of the people that like Truffaut and yeah. all those people come at, kind of come out of this movie being like that's so old-fashioned filmmaking we want to do our 
cool hip guy movies. Yeah. Um, you want to make the movie mean something more than what's on the screen or like yeah. represent some, yeah, where this is just like, nope, popcorn movie. <laughs> yeah. Whereas like for me in particular, I do enjoy these more formal kind of things than the, the French new wave stuff. Uh, sure. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but this is like, this is where it starts. And like the new, that what you're thinking of is the reaction to this stuff. So, but Which again, yeah, yeah, it's so funny that you can't have that stuff without this very <laughs> like drama based kind of, yeah. It's just funny that that's that, came from France originally. Yeah. yeah. Incredible amount of, you know, you watch it and you're like, I've seen this movie, but it's so neat and like mm. fresh and just very specific, but also just a, a great pastiche almost of things that have not yet happened. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. Time travel pastiche. Yeah. Looking back at it from 60 years later. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's great. It's a, it's way more suspenseful that it is scary for sure yes. you've already seen like you said you don't see any of the violence you don't see the the murders you don't see the ghost but you think you might yeah. at all times and that's way worse to me as a person who is a coward with an overactive imagination yes <laughs> way worse to me <laughs> so very effective of a movie in that way nice yeah uh and it's got that real like I don't know. The, one of the the most horrible movies I've ever watched, or the most horrible movie experience I've ever had, was watching Rosemary's Baby. <laughs> Not because it's so scary or anything, but, but because just you hate Roman Polanski. I, I do. <laughs> but this sense of just like crushing, crushing aloneness mm. and very like very deliberate, spiteful. <laughs> isolation mm. and like it's di you know it's if you're female and you watch it it's it's a different experience I'm sure, yeah you know? I so. but yeah this this has that flavor as well of just like it's not the most horrible movie experience i've ever had for sure <laughs> but it's that sense of like no one is coming to help her oh my god she's so unequipped she's so alone yeah you look back and you realize she she had Obviously, once you learn the twist, like she had, she was so under-equipped to deal oh, with yeah, what was going like, on. But even if there wasn't that twist, she has, she can't help herself. Like yeah, she's, like she's clearly being maneuvered in both of those cases. Yeah. But does that even matter that Honestly, much? no, like if, yeah. if, if it had been a ghost, she, she would have been, like Nicole straight up abandons her. And, and <laughs> yeah. she's just, she thinks she deserves it is the crazy thing. Like she thinks she's she deserves She's begging her to go pretty much. Yeah. yeah. And she, she's like, well, this is my punishment because I'm Catholic and I killed my husband. And yeah, like that's, that's her you preferable. You could have just like, stopped with because I'm Catholic. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> equipped because I'm Catholic. <laughs> Mentally incapable. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, yeah, it's a very, it's so much a portrait of, I guess it is very French in that way of like, it's a portrait of someone, you know, trying to convince themselves that they deserve good things, but they, they don't believe it really. Yeah. 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 Like they're kind of giving that lip service of like, I do deserve Good things. I don't have to eat rotten fish yeah. or whatever. <laughs> the bar is on the floor for <laughs> yeah. this woman, and she's still like, well, I deserve to be haunted and cast into yeah. hell because I killed an objectively bad person. Yeah, I made the world a better place. By yeah, <laughs> <laughs> honestly. Yeah, so it's just, it's a very, I take it back, it's very French <laughs> and very appropriate that it came from here. Really can't be said enough. This guy is begging to be killed. Like, yes. literally part of the plot he I'd is. I'd kill him. But yeah, yeah, for sure. Just the most killable guy. <laughs> One of her most killable film stars. Yeah. Um, I, did he get, like, tomatoes thrown at him in the street and stuff later no, on that, the way that, that some people do? This guy was, like, a really huge French actor. Oh, so, like, okay. this is just another role, another kind role. of. Okay, fair um, enough. He's known more for, like, comedy stuff, weirdly, I think. <laughs> uh, huh. 
Yeah. I don't care. But I know him from like this and uh, um, Melville's Army of Shadows. And like, oh my God. Two Two of the most dour movies, (laughs) like psychologically. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. I would throw stuff at him. Fair. Uh, but I do, keep mentioning the fish. I meant to mention early on, uh, the legend has it that Clouseau made them eat rotten oh, fish God. just to, so that they would react as no. they would react. Sir, your actors can act. He's I don't... the horrible husband. <laughs> Wife guy, horrible husband combo. Rare. And one last thing I forgot to mention in yes. like this movie influencing reality is that Vera Clouseau did die of a heart attack. Oh, no. Four years later. Oh, god damn. Yeah. That's oh. the reason she never... She died in 1960, just after Psycho came out. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I... <laughs> never, never weirder for you to <laughs> go by the tentpole in 1960s when Psycho came out than so, when saying when someone died. Now it's going to be, oh, it, it, that took place in 1960. I'm like, oh, the same year Vera Clouseau died. And people are like, what the what fuck are you, are you talking, talking about? <laughs> you don't need any more of that. Yeah. Damn, that sucks. Okay, well, the movie was too powerful. Yeah, yeah. psychically, like, caught up with her five years later. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I really, I love a movie where, like, it's not that scary, but it is suspenseful, mm. and it feels like the sinisterness of the place is just, like, warping everything around it. I love that. It's got such a sense of that. Yeah. And it turns out it was not at all, but you believe it. Oh, and it, it ends on the same fucking kid being like, I got my, oh, yeah. I got my slingshot bag, and one of the little bitchy teachers is like who did who gave her to you madame la directrice like no she died you saw her like she just you know they left with her and he's like i did see her i did i swear i did and he's saying it to nobody at yeah. the end where it's like oh, that he's... kid is ruined for life yeah, no. I, how do we not mention the supernatural potential supernatural ending because it's such a funny just like okay <laughs> that makes sense now that like saturday popcorn movie yeah, yeah okay that's the like people leaving the She's theater like tittering back. Tattering. yeah yeah <laughs> Yes. So it's got a, you believe it. You believe that that place is haunted. Yeah. And this is the thing that I love about this movie. And you might be thinking to yourself, an hour into this podcast, Nick and Aaron, this isn't really a horror movie. (laughs) Wrong! It was a horror movie of the time. But it feels like this is the the point at which, like before this, horror movies are just like monster movies. Sure. And this is the point, one of the points at which it starts to turn into like well thrillers are kind of like horror movies mm, if you think about it they're trying to unsettle you yeah. not to scare you but yeah. to yeah so this is this that. feels like it's one of the pivot points of that that's why i love it so much certainly if it was as widespread as popular as yeah. uh, it was yeah yeah that's, that's my thoughts what about you cool well thank you for letting me interrupt your thoughts so much with other stuff <laughs> that's my end some of your thoughts <laughs> uh the, the bitter rest of irony thoughts. of this is I don't got much more to say. Uh, <laughs> you know, you could have just kept it to yourself. No, it's fine. But like you said at the top, this is our favorite thing. It's like the most artistically crafted popcorn movie. Yes. Yeah. It's just uh, like you can see how much attention to detail is in every shot. It, it is the like, yeah, he made her clench her fists angrily while she walked away from the Which camera. he could have just said something on take two. Just saying. Yeah. I don't think he was a good <laughs> communicator. <laughs> no. Um, there are a lot of like very cool visual themes around you know water being the primary thing like the first one of the first shots we get is awful husband driving over a clearly made by a child paper boat in a puddle puddle like ah interesting Hmm, i wonder if water will be important to this movie (laughs) or children perhaps and the uh upsetting organ music uh (laughs) prologue is just like rain and, and like hitting the pavement yeah yeah 
Oh, and that's another just like little touch that I like, that opening of yeah. scummy water. First watch, you have no idea what that's going to be. And then by the time you learn what that is, the murder has happened and they're dumping his body in it. True. It's such a, like, we've arrived a moment. That, yeah, like, it feels like a, here's how we got here. Yeah. And then you don't know what's going to happen after that. In the same oh, way. Oh, that's of, so true, actually, yeah. The same way that I feel like I can say everything that happens in the entirety of Act 1 of, like, these two ladies kill a guy. And it's not very spoilery, because I'm like, no, it's in the opening credits. Don't worry, yeah. water. And people are like, <laughs> what are you talking about? It's just like an A to D connection you're kind of doing. <laughs> no, that's true, yeah. Once you get to the point in the movie where that image from the opening makes sense. Now you're, you're on baby. your own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're really like, and from now on, you're not going to know what's going on. Yeah. Nice, yeah. But for like all, I just love that for all of its artistry and capital T thrillerness to it, it is just a trashy popcorn movie. Like Clouseau didn't like, he didn't ha- do anything by half measures, but this was a real like, okay, well, my last movie was a big, huge adventure thing. I'm just going to write people standing around and talking to each other for two hours. Yeah, I'm going to do a dollhouse yeah. one. Yeah, just I just love it. It's <laughs> yep. great. What's the phrase I'm trying to... The duality of man. You got popcorn and you got trash. Trucks. I don't, no, no, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Trucks. Popcorn, movies, popcorn. No, wait, movies, popcorn, movies. That's the way it is. No, it's popcorn, movies, popcorn. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm so glad Uh-oh. that... <laughs> my brain turning into slop it is a thunderstorm day here in ontario so we're sweating it out yep we're by the lake and a barometric event is happening it's bad yeah so let's uh move on to double bill this little guy then our little freaky boy uh i would love for you to take us away and tell me where what you think of diabolica's uh the artier trashier on your spectrum and what you paired with it yes okay I am honestly going to pair this with uh, something pretty similar, similar type of location, similar Mm. themes, Mm. but I'm actually going to make Diabolique the trashy one. I didn't think I would, but... You know what? I'm going to jump ahead slightly, and I did the same. Yeah, okay. I think that that's what this movie is. I think it's so... I feel so validated by you saying, like, this was meant to be a Saturday night, like youth go to the cinema popcorn movie <laughs> but the, it's exactly Offering. what the new i keep, I keep wanting to say new age new um, french new wave new wave uh filmmakers were saying about it earlier like right. it's not saying anything it's just a really <laughs> that, well mean, made true, yeah. puff of popcorn like, yeah it's yeah. just a, a series of images made to make you feel a feeling not yeah. to think a thought it doesn't yeah, exactly. change your outlook on the world afterwards. All your thoughts are about the plot, not about like, and then this big thing about humanity. That's so true about the human condition, yeah. yeah. Husbands <laughs> will trick their wives yeah. into... <laughs> that's not universal. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? No, that's so true. Okay, validated. Woo! So yes, All right, not a spicy secured. take. Not yeah. a sizzling take. No. Um, Put yeah, that I'm sizzler gonna... away for today. <laughs> Turn the burners off, because here we go. I am going to pair it with another uh, non-English language movie. <gasps> which are always fun to do, but I consider it the arty one because it does have a lot of like metaphor layered into it Mm. um, that I do not have a lot of context for, but you can appreciate it simply by the art of like the visual storytelling of this movie. So I'm going to pair it with 2000 and oh God, 2001. You're so right. That's creepy. I think we might have picked the same thing. (laughs) Is it? The Devil's Backbone? Shut the front door! (laughs) That is so funny. That's so great! Because I was, up until the last minute, I was going to go with 
Gone Girl was going to be mine. Oh, which again, <laughs> that's literally the French title. That's funny. Yeah, okay. and I was like, no, you know what? It's too on the nose. They're too similar of movies. I would I, have enjoyed your thoughts on it regardless. Yeah, but I know I mean, what you mean. Yeah. Take me through it. That's so great. Like, I feel Now like, that we're married, we're always going to pick the same movie. Oh, it's no. going to be a horrible podcast. Uh, <laughs> we've only had... I don't know if this is the second time that this has happened. Maybe, yeah. Because I've been tracking this, and the only other time we both paired the Muppet movie with something. So this is... Oh, then this would be our third thing, because we also paired um, The Lighthouse with... Um, in the Mouth of Madness. Oh, yes, of course, yes. Yeah. So, number three. Okay, this is the big three. happening more than I would have thought, considering, like, I went out of my way <laughs> to be like, 3%, this but... is kind of a little removed from yeah. what this movie is about. <laughs> well, the reason that I picked it was because it takes place in a boarding school. Mm-hmm. It's got this element of, like, there's there was a murder and most of the kids don't know or they suspect... It's it's just like, you know, this helpless person is on their own. Mm-hmm. And it really is, you know, this kid gets dumped at a boarding school because it's the Spanish Civil War, the last the last years of the Spanish Civil War and Gibel de Toro's favorite topic. Favorite topic. Loves it. And yeah, sorry, the devil's backbone, El Espinosa del Diablo, I think. That sounds right. By Guillermo del Toro. And it is about a kid who goes to a boarding school. There's a ghost, question mark, yeah. of a of a murdered kid. And it's not clear. Like, there's a real big misdirect about who, who murdered him or, you know, yeah. why what the relation is to what's what's going on around him in this in this very like chaotic environment where as usual for a delta of the adults are dealing with like world ending catastrophes and the kids are doing that but in miniature yeah. or in ways that you know as a kid these fe- things feel very world ending to you because you have so little range of experience but mm. um yeah it's a great movie it's, I, it's really I loved it. yeah. yeah again much more suspenseful than it is scary and much more like where Diabolik is, like, keeping you on edge because you don't know how the plot's turning out, I feel like you could watch the first 15 minutes of Devil's Backbone and be like, oh, I get what this movie's gonna be. With a few exceptions, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, with a few a few little tweaks, definitely. Yeah. yeah, but it's got, it's got, it's kind of the reverse of it where it's like, once you find out what the real murder situation was, like, the right person gets punished. And th- yeah, that does yeah. sort of happen here, but, like, the innocent woman still dies in Diabolik, you know? Yeah, and there, there's, like, a poetic ending to Devil's Backbone that doesn't exist in Diabolik, which I think is one of the reasons that it mm. sticks around so much, is it is just, like, you look at the ending, like, everybody loses in Diabolik. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Except French Colombo. Yeah, Colombo, yeah, he he's does, there. does his job. She <laughs> walks out of the darkness. Yeah. Maybe he's the ghost. Nobody else seems to see him. <laughs> spooky. Just the kids who are known to see horrible shit. Yep. That's funny. Yep, yep, yep. Like, like monsters and the police um yeah and i there's i love the thing i love the most about it in like a it's very heart-wrenching way mm. there's an unexploded bomb that sitting in the middle of the courtyard of this of del toro's boarding school it's and so it's, unsubtle but it looks it's so, so good. unsubtle yeah <laughs> it like so oh cool. is there a you know ticking time bomb in the heart of the spanish rural countryside is there Hmm. Might be affecting our next generation. Oh maybe. wow! <laughs> Poisoning the, forgotten the minds youth of, the of our. <laughs> uh, is it? <laughs> baby gonna put a metaphor in his movie? <laughs> yes, it is a little bit baby's first metaphor, but it's so like it's a Del Toro. It's so like heartwarming is the wrong word, mm. but it's very like 
it's just knit into the experience yeah. of like you're feeling the, these kids' emotions along with them. So I it feels I think it works because right. it's not the point of it. No, exactly. It is just the setting of it, which yeah. again, you're building the world around it, just like totally. Yeah. yeah. So I think really it, it, it does want to make you think about the world differently, mm. and the kids are a great part of it. Like it is kid-led in that yeah. way that a lot of his movies are, but it it really looks it it empowers them. It you see them kind of overcome again obstacles that are not they're not fighting a literal war but they may as well be yeah they're fighting their war yes exactly (laughs) and it also ends with the person who got murdered like the the adult i can't remember his name but the the caretaker of the school basically he dies of his wounds while he's protecting the kids um from spoilers for devil's back yes spoilers uh where he's he's trying to just keep the kids safe. He can't go out and fight. He can't, oh, you know. yeah. Oh, I forgot. How did I forget about that? Yes. I know. Yes, yes. Yeah. Someone tries to like, there's a stash of gold because the Republican, you know, the Spanish Republicans have a little stash of gold there. Someone tries to get at it. It all goes wrong. Mm. He dies of his wounds trying to protect the kids. And then the last shot is you see him sort of as a ghost watching the kids make it to safety. Yeah. And it's really like, it's a, it's a much more up ending where the Diabolique ending is very down. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that's I I thought of it as a like it's so enclosed, the the setting is so mm. uh you know, it's tragic in those ways. The setting is very bleak and like locks you in. It's kind of bottle episode E. Yeah. But it's about someone just kind of being helpless in this environment and Diabolique is just meant to be like, wouldn't that be spooky? <laughs> what if? <laughs> what if? And yeah. and yeah, Devil's Backbone is very like, this really happened to people and yeah. continues to happen to people. Yeah, I like that you chose this movie for a lot of different reasons. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. tell me why you chose like, it. Like the setting part of it. Same. Yeah, for like, sure. Like very much this isolated orphanage looks so much, even, it even like architecturally looks not that different from yeah. the school in yeah. Diabolique. Long hallways and shit. Yeah. And I mean, that's just horror movie stuff i guess sure uh, <laughs> but there's a lot of i love that there's a lot of philosophy not a lot maybe just opening and closing about what a ghost is oh, in devil's sure. backbone and why they might exist yes okay um and there's there's not that doesn't exist so much in Diva League, but it's the unsaid part of it like oh this ghost exists for vengeance right yes and that's the case for a lot of ghosts it seems um but the thing that i and like like i said there's a lot of visual imagery and uh visual themes in diabolique yes. that like gdt big visual guy lots of stuff that, with that going on uh but the thing that i like a lot is that our main characters through which we see everything it is Devil's Backbone, not nearly as much, but it's mostly restricted to Carlos as the child in Devil's Backbone. Almost exclusively restricted to not not necessarily what he sees, but at least what his experience How is. How things affect him. Yeah. yeah. And it, that feels the same where like, oh, I don't know what this possible ghost thing is. I don't know why it's coming after me. I don't know yeah. what it's going to do next. I don't know how to fight it off. If if I need to fight it Is off, is it my responsibility? Yeah. yeah, right, exactly. It's a lot of this. So I guess you're saying that the helpless person left with it, but it feels like there's this world housing a terrible secret that only our one person that we're following really kind of knows about, and nobody else either believes them or gets to know about it. Right. Um. Yeah. Yeah. And big big water imagery. Also, the kid in oh, question God, yeah, who dies in the yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know that the the child who becomes a ghost drowns 
like he yeah. he is he discovers the person trying to loot the gold and he and it's such some... a cool ghost design of oh this my God, kid I love the ghost the, design the... it's so good and it's on like all the covers of the yeah everything but you can see the the blood going up and you, yeah you see he... and you're like that's a cool image and then you learn why it's so it's, sad yeah but it's so like oh my god i thought i was just looking at a cool thing it turns yeah. out it was related to it's it's you know. re- it's like the the image of the ghost's last moments and like what yeah. he's why he's suffering and why he's coming back it's yeah. crazy, and it's you wouldn't be a Del Toro if there wasn't like some squicky, like just the there's some very vivid moments of violence yes. in it, and and it's just like more heartbreaking because it's a child, but yeah. it Diaboli kind of does have that like every time you look at him and his eyes are a little open and you can just see the whites like yeah. Michelle's corpse. Obviously it turns out to be not the case, but it, it's just this like, I don't want to have to see this. This makes me uncomfortable in my body. I feel like grotesque yes. is the thing that they're going yes, for there. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Also the first deep is the first movie to ever show somebody taking on contact lenses. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> they were fucked up back then. Yeah. Thick as hell. <laughs> it's just like cover your entire eye. Gross. All right. Well, I'm glad we made advances in that area. (laughs) But yeah, I'm glad that we picked the same, like, little gothic psychological horrors to pair together. That's so great. Well done. Yeah. Well done. Let's get the fuck out of here. (laughs) Peace out. This this feels like a, hey, we finished our homework early, so we get to go home early. Uh, I love that. I do like it that you had thought of Gone Girl as well. Yes, the, I thought of a Pum- reverse Diabolique. The the thing about Diabolique informing so many movies is that you could be you could add so you many pick. things on here. Yeah. That, like I was also thinking about like here just come some hip from the hip recommendations. I was thinking about <laughs> uh, if you want something totally unrelated but it feels like it has the same DNA from the same time mm. is a uh, man who shot Liberty Valence. Just thinking about like oh kind of this like reverse storytelling kind narrative of narrative restrictions yeah, stuff yeah. yeah. Um, True. And then learning what the story is actually about in the end, but yes. you don't actually... Yeah. So if you want a Western version of that, there you go. <laughs> you mentioned Handmaiden already. Great kind of oh, similar yes. thing going along with yeah. this. If you have two and a half hours, the Handmaiden, great storytelling, just trust the process kind yeah. of a kind of a reward. Yeah. Yep. The Innocence, very much Yes, the very same. much. Yeah. I had that on my list too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Bonus. Yeah. You've got a lot of movies to watch. You have homework. We get to go home early. <laughs> We're the teachers. You're the kids. Yeah. So uh, find, look us up on uh, Instagram mostly is where we're at these days, at GartBidgePod. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do exist on Twitter, trying to remember to go over there very occasionally. <laughs> but uh, We please, feel like it. Yeah, and I often don't feel like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, please rate and review us on your podcast platform of choice, wherever you want to do it. Please we do. want to make this easy for you. Yes, to give us we're here to help. And we want to hear what you think about horror movies, if you're a coward as well, or if you're not, and you have recommendations that are in line with some of these, we're open to it. We always want to hear that because I I am the guy who loves the template movies like Dibalik, but then that means that everything that shoots off of it I will like too, so... True, yeah. Yeah. If you think of something that would double bill well with it, we'll totally watch it. Yes. And we'll credit you. The viewer. Yeah. (laughs) You personally. Yeah, so uh, hit us up with with all that business, and uh, please join us next time for another pile of garbage. Standing up from a tub. Bye.